How many of you during the pandemic rewatched this terrifying movie from 2011? I know I did. On day one, there were two people, and then four, and then 16. In three months, it's a billion. That's where we're headed. That's a clip from Contagion, directed by Steven Soderbergh and written by today's guest, Scott Z. Burns. Fun fact, Scott was in part inspired by a conversation with his dad about a bird flu outbreak in the early 2000s, and his interest in science-based storytelling has not wavered. Today, he's focused on something we're all pretty familiar with. The question about climate change isn't if it's going to happen, because it already is happening. The question is, what consequences of it are we going to act in time to prevent? Scott intends to be part of that action, and he's using his prolific storytelling talents to both entertain and maybe even inspire others to do the same. We'll hear about his path on today's episode of Degrees, Season 6, How to Green Your Job. Change is coming, oh yeah. Ain't no holding it back. Ain't no running. Change is coming, oh yeah. You're listening to Degrees, Real talk about planet-saving careers from Environmental Defense Fund, and I'm your host, Yesh Pavlik-Slank. Scott Z. Burns has spent years, decades really, honing his storytelling chops. As a screenwriter, director, producer, and a playwright, in addition to Contagion, Scott wrote The Bourne Ultimatum, 2013 Side Effects, and most recently, a new project for Apple TV Plus called Extrapolations. It's an eight-part series about how climate change impacts our relationships, work, families, our worship, every aspect of our lives. He was also a producer on one of the most impactful climate films of all time, Al Gore's 2006 documentary, An Inconvenient Truth. The scientific consensus is that we are causing global warming. I am Al Gore. I used to be the next president of the United States of America. But before all that, Scott was witness to the aftermath of a terrible accident that changed the course of his life. I actually worked in Chicago from, you know, the first 10 years of my career in advertising. Then I ended up going to Alaska after the Exxon Valdez when I was in my early 20s, and I worked as an otter center volunteer. I cleaned otters after the Exxon Valdez. It was spring of 1989 when an oil tanker owned by Exxon Shipping Company spilled millions of gallons of crude oil in a region off the Gulf of Alaska. The Exxon Valdez spill is one of the largest environmental disasters in U.S. history. According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the spill killed hundreds of thousands of seabirds. It also killed harbor seals, killer whales, and 2,800 otters. At the time, it seemed that everyone was mourning this loss of wildlife. Cleaning otters definitely had a big impact on me, not in the way that people might think. There was a lot of hypocrisy in the otter center. The otters that we cleaned and put transmitters in, most of them, I believe, died. It wasn't like a feel-good story (coughs) at all. And it's still not me, but 
The important part of that story for me was that like there are bigger stories here, and I wanted to to roll up my sleeves and and get into them.、Um, wow, I haven't told that story in a long time, obviously. It's been more than thirty years, and those memories still haunt Scott. And it made it very hard to go back to working in advertising. Instead, Scott took a job at a local radio music station, WXRT in Chicago. I did this big Earth Day thing for them, where we did a solar concert in Lincoln Park, and it was this big deal. A big deal indeed. Because one of the event's attendees was Dennis Hayes, an environmental advocate and one of the organizers of the first ever Earth Day. When Scott met Dennis, he fanboyed and said, "I'll quit my job. I'll come and work for you. You know, what do I do? How can you use me? Put me in coach. I'm ready to play." Dennis Hayes did not recommend that Scott quit his job. Quite the opposite. He said, "I need you to stay where you are." And reconsider what you do in your day-to-day work, and can you make a difference where you are? That was an important message for Scott to hear. He started to consider how he could take the skills he already had as a storyteller and use them to make a difference for the planet. So that moment, back with that Earth Day concert, was sort of the beginning of me thinking. How do I ride both of these horses, and can I ever be Robin Hood? That was at that point, you know. If you had asked me what my career objective was, I would have said I want to be Robin Hood. Robin Hood for the Earth. Yeah. Robin Hood for the Earth. I love that idea, but it would still be a while before Scott would fully realize that vision. First, he had to make one of the most iconic advertising slogans ever. Got milk? Yep, Scott helped come up with that one. More about that after the break. Hey, listeners! Greening your career is exciting, but it can also feel overwhelming. Where do you start? If I've learned anything from my degrees guests, it's this: just take a single step. Do one thing. Need ideas for your one thing? Every episode of Degrees offers brilliant ways to take action on your green career, no matter the field—from renewable energy to religion, agriculture to activism. Listen to all of our previous episodes on your favorite podcast app today. Welcome back to Degrees from Environmental Defense Fund. I'm your host, Yash Pavlikslink. Let's pick up where we left off with Scott Z. Burns. One of the founders of Earth Day had just told him not to quit his day job, but. Scott didn't listen. He instead decided to cobble together freelance work in advertising while doing environmental work on the side. One of those advertising contracts was with an agency now known as Goodby Silverstein and Partners. They put me on this pitch to get the California Milk Advisory Board, which was ironic for me because I'm lactose intolerant. 
(laughs) Dairy adversity aside, Scott started brainstorming with colleagues about how to make milk cool again. Milk consumption in the U.S. had been on the decline. The ad team was initially stumped. We decided that there wasn't really a great reason for adult mammals to drink milk, but that if you didn't have it and you were eating something, that that could be a problem. And so I'm not going to say that this was a time where weed really helped me in my life, but (laughs) I couldn't deny it. So after like wandering around San Francisco thinking about how I could possibly make people do milk, I, I wrote what turned out to be a thing called the Aaron Burr commercial, which if you go on YouTube, you'll find it. And that was the beginning of the campaign. Aaron Burr. Excuse me? Aaron Burr. Hold on, let me just a look. Okay, so how do you get from a super famous ad campaign to climate-conscious filmmaking? Scott says he actually learned a ton about filmmaking from his work in advertising. The first film sets I, I was ever on were on commercials that I wrote. And I wanted to help build the dolly track. I wanted to understand, you know, what the gaffer was doing. I wanted to understand what the different temperatures of light meant to film. Um, and, and so I'm grateful that my film education came from, you know, being on set and understanding how a story would be told, even if it was only a 30 or 60 second story. Scott did eventually make it out of advertising and into longer form storytelling. In the early 2000s, he moved to Los Angeles. While he was there, a colleague took him to see Al Gore speak. And soon after came the opportunity of a lifetime. And I want to talk about an inconvenient truth because it is, you know, such an important piece of media for this movement. It certainly was for me. What really sticks with you today about that experience? Al had sort of gone MIA after the election in 2000, but this is what he was doing. He found that talking about healing the planet and allowing himself to take the best part of himself to work with him was really healing. And he and I, I think, connected a great deal over that, over if you, if you stop, you know, compromising yourself from nine to five, you know, how does that feel? And how much more energy will you have? Scott became a producer on the documentary, and now he's thoroughly in the movie business. In addition to building his producing resume, Scott started racking up writer credits with films like The Bourne Ultimatum and The Informant. And then in 2011, his screenplay, Contagion, hit the big screen. It became sort of a a tracer through our political system, through our social systems, through public health and science and misinformation of just how vulnerable we are to fear, to politicization, to the fact that science, by its definition, will be wrong at certain points in time, but it will learn from its mistakes and then it will correct. A virus is a moving target. And so COVID, as we now know, was going to change 
the lessons for that are super applicable to climate change. Which brings us to Scott's most recent work. Extrapolations is a drama series featuring eight interconnected stories. In the not-too-distant future, the human race has made so many advances, and yet the climate crisis looms large. I think it helps to look at climate change like a bear. And the whole planet's been in the ring wrestling with the bear for decades now, and so far the bear's been kicking our ass. Notably, the series does not predict the end of times. People are living with and navigating climate change, and some are profiting off of it. Scott says in this series, he's exploring what he calls the messy middle. A lot of times when Hollywood has told these stories, we cut to a very dramatic end, and it's usually dystopian, and everybody's dead, or there are two people who have found each other, and they're in love. We tend to go to a very dark, dystopic place and start our storytelling there. What I wanted to do on this show was start today. In short, the messy middle is all of the living that has to be done before this Hollywood-esque climate apocalypse. Scott wants his viewers to ask, what will we do to stem some of the repercussions of the harm that we've already done to the planet? Will we take more action? We are nowhere near where we need to be. And the sad part and the happy part is that we have everything we need to solve the problem. And that's why, like, this isn't a scary place to put your energies professionally. I'm going to pause Scott right there because this really resonated for me. What he's saying is that working on the solutions is a great balm for your anxiety about the climate crisis. That's a lesson we can all learn from. When I was interviewed a lot about the show, they would go, wow, is this like a bummer for you? Like, are you going to need a lot of psychological help to get over it? And clearly I, I need some psychological help getting over the otters. But the first part is I don't need to get over a lot of shit. Like, I can use it. Secondly, the most fun I've had in the last few years was making this show because every day I got up and I went to work with really talented people who cared about what, what I cared about, who noticed things that are important to notice, who were living through this. And, and what I can tell you will happen if you surround yourself with people like that is the sad goes away pretty fast and it's replaced by the funny, by the loving, by the empathic. And who doesn't want to work with like that? Why do you think that television and film are good mediums to tackle climate change? Look, a lot of days I wake up and I, I don't know that I even think that anymore because it gets really discouraging. I know from people much smarter than me um, who have periodically encouraged me to keep going that storytelling is how societies and cultures are built. Scott says a well-told story can grab people's attention in ways that a report or a chart just can't. It's easy for someone to look at a graph and say, I, I don't really care about climate change. And then you need a storyteller to come in and go, yeah, but actually climate change cares about you. It cares about you a lot. It's going to take away your food. It's going to make it impossible for you to do some of the things you wanted to do. Um, it's going to hurt your kids. Um, it's going to do a lot of things. 
And so that is, I think, what inspires me to try and find a way of telling stories that will help people consider climate change in in new ways. I really believe that too. And yet there are few mentions of climate change or climate-related topics in most scripted entertainment. That's according to a media impact report that also found that extreme weather events are rarely linked to climate change in scripted film and TV. Scott wants to see that changed. I think we have to Trojan horse genre, you know, like there can be a cool climate horror movie. There can be a cool climate love story. There can be dark comedies. And not everything needs to be doom and gloom. And Steven Soderbergh made an incredible climate movie called Aaron Brockovich. And the best thing about it is nobody would call it a climate movie. But that is what that movie is. It's about one person changing a very large system. You know, you could do a climate change Romeo and Juliet. If we accept that and make, make it ubiquitous in people's lives that climate is a driver in all of our stories, personal or otherwise, that's what we need to really change stuff. Now, can we change that in time? I don't know. Scott has one final piece of advice for all budding storytellers and climate job seekers. It's that hoping for change is not going to cut it. Hope, to me, is not a strategy. Hope is not an inoculation against what's coming. Action is. Like, I had, you know, knee surgery this year. I hope my knee turns out great. And I could hope that and sit in this chair, or I can go to the gym, do my exercises, go to PT. You need to do something. That's it for this episode. Next week on Degrees, we hear from you and answer all your green job questions with career coach Shannon Howd. Be sure to check out the rest of season six on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening now and share this podcast with a friend. Don't forget, check out our Green Jobs Hub to find all the resources to jumpstart your green job career search. Degrees is presented by Environmental Defense Fund. Amy Morse is our producer. Podcast Allies is our production company. Stephanie Wolf produced this episode. Mia Lobel is our story editor. Io Oti is our researcher. And engineering by Matthew Simonson. Our music is Shame, Shame, Shame from Lake Street Dive. And I'm your host, Yesh Pavlik Slink. Stay fired up, y'all. Change is coming, oh yeah. Ain't no holding it Scott, I really appreciate your time today and your openness and vulnerability. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love that this thing exists in the world. I, I would have been a big fan. <laughs>